Hello and welcome to Reiki Women Podcasts. Uh, I'm Bronwyn Logan and today I have with me as always the lovely, whichever side it comes up on, the lovely Michaela Daystar. Hello Michaela. And Hello, um, yeah, Carrie can't make it today so it's going to be you and me hanging out and we're going to be chatting about exactly that compassion. <laughs> so um as you uh, said the minute we decided to do this I think I need to do this today go for it Michaela <laughs> oh gosh yeah I mean it's in compassion today compassion I mean this is really what it's all about right I mean the the system of Reiki is really guiding us gently and through so many different perspectives and processes and angles to the realization that, you know, the foundation of this is compassion, is love. Um, love for ourselves, love for each other, for the land, for the web of life itself. Um, and that, that truly that sensation of compassion inside of ourselves and then the actions that we take in response to that sensation are just really what this is about it's what what healing stems from and how we experience it and you know so often when when i'm working with myself when i'm working with others on you know this question of what does it mean to embody the precepts you know we'll look at you know which one of these feels a little challenging to us today or where where do we feel um that we have some work to do where you know where's the stickiness in our relationship to the precepts and more often than not, it's that fifth preset just for today. I'm compassionate with myself and others that people are drawn to. So often the one I'm drawn to as one that's both the most compelling and also um, often so very challenging. Yeah. And so that was one of the, the questions that, you know, really floated to the surface when um, we talked about, you know, working with the fifth precept, working with the concept of compassion. Um, in this conversation is like, where is, where does that struggle come from? Why can it, why can it be that we can find it so challenging to experience oftentimes mostly that compassion for ourselves? And then from there, that compassion to others. And why is it that this is the foundation of the system? So those are the questions that came up for me. And yeah, you know, and I, I think, yeah, you sort of hit it the nail on the head there with the, um, you know, compassion for ourselves. And uh, though it might seem like it's a world out there that we need to be compassionate for and to, um, yeah, it starts with ourselves. And I was just thinking about that this morning, you know, that inner voice and uh, the critical inner voice that is constantly uh, trying to, to talk to you and 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 say you know um i don't know all the things that you know you might not be uh, good enough or you might you know i don't know what all those things are that 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 we we speak to ourselves about and um and in a way we're reaffirming those uh those thoughts about ourselves when when we when we have that inner voice running in our head so I can see, yeah, I can see really clearly the benefit then of, uh, uh, of meditation because what we're doing when we meditate, so say we're doing, you know, Joshin Kokyoho, you know, take that as a simple practice that, you know, we're breathing down into the hara, 
Um, feeling it fill the hara, then as we breathe out, feel it expanding. In doing that, we are training our mind to follow what we want it to do. I mean, it's a really simple thing, but it's something that actually we find incredibly difficult to do. So, because, you know, when that voice is talking at us and, and uh, saying all these things to us that, you know, maybe other people have said to us in the past or maybe, you know, we've come to some conclusions about it, whatever the story is that's playing out in here, how we, how we leave that behind, you know, I think that is incredibly difficult. And uh, if we can uh, allow that to quieten, uh, to, to not be as loud, to not be as forceful, um, you know, then, then it gives us the opportunity to uh, really allow our light to shine and be that beautiful, great, bright light that, that, that we all are. So, yeah, I think, you know, for me, I think it's definitely um, meditation practice is the thing that is the, the guiding light there for me at any rate, that it is a, it is training me to be able to uh, let go and not follow uh, that, to, to be able to say to myself no and back into to, to, to being here and, and trying to be, you know, as present as you possibly can without running away with all those, those thoughts. We've talked before about imprinting, and I do think it's like we're imprinting ourselves constantly with these, these things. So we can do, you know, we can also imprint um, the practice of meditation. Yeah. And so we do the opposite of, of what we're subconsciously doing consciously, you know, we imprint into ourselves how to listen and learn to, to focus um, for longer periods of time rather than, you know, focus on, on being here together, yeah. us. Yeah. Well, it's so important to, to name as you just did this um, like habitual, like internal negative self-talk that we learn, right? The habit habitual self-criticism, the habitual inability to, you know, see ourselves fully and completely because there are parts that we don't necessarily like or that have been criticized by others outside of ourselves or by the culture at large. And this habitual way that we filter you know, the, the world through the things that we see wrong, first and foremost with ourselves. And then that gets projected onto everybody else. Um, and that the way in which we can't fully love ourselves, if we can't fully, you know, see the fullness of our, of, of who we are. And so within the system of Reiki, you know, this invitation to remember our whole self, remember our true self. And that that involves looking at parts of ourselves that we might not like, that we've been criticized for, that others might see as bad or wrong, that we might see as bad or wrong. Mistakes we've made, decisions we've made that we regret, you know, that just that full spectrum of who we are that takes into account, um, you know, not just the parts that we'd rather look at. And when we can't do that, when we're not able to look at those parts and we disregard those parts, or we constantly are trying to fix them and judge them, um, then 
we, we don't actually have the capacity to regard ourselves with compassion. And we are gonna constantly try to either, um, you know, lash out at other people or uh, on the other side of that, constantly attempts to fix everybody, to fix everything so that we can kind of bring that equilibrium back that we're, that we're off of because we're not fully integrating ourselves. Yeah. And so this practice that we have, that we've you know, taken on into our lives gives us the opportunity, first of all, to, to settle through meditation, as you just said, to really settle into ourselves, to gently bring our attention back inward gently bring our attention back to whatever it is that we're experiencing in that moment, even the parts that we don't want and that we don't like, and then put, put softness around that, put gentleness around that, put spaciousness around that. Look at those parts of ourselves with, with a non-judgmental eye, with a non-dualistic eye that doesn't see those parts of ourselves as strictly good or strictly bad, but simply the spectrum of experience that we have. And then that sensation of making more room inside of ourselves for, to hold all of it and ultimately to integrate, to integrate these various parts of ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, it's a slow and gentle process when we work with that, um, to come into a habitual state of positive self-regard. Um, and then from that state to be able to flow that outward to other people, it's a very natural outpouring to be able to love other people with no strings attached, with no, um, conditions, you know, with no, um, you know, fixing or changing that needs to happen when we are settled in ourselves, when we feel rooted, we feel grounded, we feel stable in who we are because we've given ourselves room to be you know, the fullness of who we are. And there's a little bit of a paradox there in saying that like by accepting and, and loving our full self that, you know, that's where we begin to change and heal, right? As opposed to um, obsessively trying to fix and change things that we see wrong with ourselves and with others, but without, when the, in the absence of that self-love, as if we have to fix and perfect ourselves before we're worthy of loving ourselves, yeah. which is something that, you know, many of us fall into a trap that many yeah. of us fall into. Um, and so, yeah, this practice, these practices that we have just beginning with that foundational one of Josh and Kokiho, like gives us the space to, to make that change in ourselves gently. Yeah. I love that. That's the, you know, the idea of spaciousness is, is really, I mean, I feel that, you know, it's such a great word, isn't it? Because it, it, or spaciousness, you know, because it, 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 you can feel it and, uh, and you can sense what it means to have that. Um, and it, you know, reminds me always of this, you know, of the idea of being the empty cup that allows the resonance to, to happen. So, you know, if everything's cluttered in the cup, obviously no resonance. So, you know, it's, it's removing the, the clutter and uh, allow, allowing ourselves to sit in that spaciousness and resonate with everything, which is that natural flow and being in that lovely natural flow. Um, I was thinking also, as you were talking about the precepts and uh, in reality, I mean, we always do say that they affect one another and we can really see that with compassion. Yeah. So, you know, um, starting off with, you know, 
for today so really you know being in in that present moment and and just being here and uh you know living without anger living without worry feeling that that sense of gratitude that you know you were sort of talking about before um and just really uh linking into to who you really are being that that true self and uh and then allowing that compassion then to flow through those filters so you know allowing those elements to help uh, help uh us to be whole yeah yeah i was also thinking about uh, so the precept, uh, be compassionate to yourself and others. So in in Japan, in the the full sentence. So you know, in Japanese, it's hito ni shinsetsu ni. Hito is the Japanese word for self, and but even though that's literally what it is, it actually means self and others, hmm. because the Japanese have this lovely um, way of um not seeing us as this little cookie cutter person and that understanding that you know we all need to we all exist here together and we all need to work together and you know existence is us all in existing with everything together in this space so even though it might say self it's not really just about the self and uh there was another word actually that um also means self and it in in Japanese which is jibun and it actually means one's share hmm. so it's like this is this is my share of of everything yeah mm-hmm. so I am a part of everything and that's a word that's the word self again right so you know self it's not just about me it's about me being here with everything and um it's also um that word jibun is also means you in the sense of um when someone is close to you then they're like a part of you so even though it's the word self it's also refers to people who you know that that intimacy that we have and um with each other and and how special that is so uh i think that's really beautiful how how you know the japanese can um i mean this is a japanese practice so you know looking at how they would see that these precepts would work for us and so hito you know being self and others naturally Mm -hmm. being others if it's about the self it can never just be about us um is is really important and also how the japanese speak in the sense of that they don't uh necessarily talk so much about themselves they say things like um uh so if if i'm feeling happy then um i would if i were to translate that i would say something like happy it is Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say i'm happy yeah right so it's like i'm throwing it out there happy (laughs) it is right and it's like we're all so i'm feeling that right but you know maybe it's something that there's obviously more than just it's not just about me and uh you know the perhaps we're all happy or you know maybe 
we're picking up on each other's happiness. You know, we're existing. Like there's this state of being that is happy and we we're all connected to it and then like can express it and feel it in different moments. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, it's like this perspective that you're speaking to and that we cultivate when we're practicing the system of Reiki, it, it, it makes us bigger, right? Or it makes us aware of our spaciousness, of our bigness. And there's a certain like forgiveness and, and um, I don't know, it's like, it's almost, it, it's like, it feels like almost an antidote to like self-shaming behaviors, to think of ourselves as bigger than the, just this one self, right? That there's, there's my experience and, and that can include a lot of you know, difficulty and perhaps shame for things that I've done or, you know, disappointments and all of these things. And if it's just me and my experience, all of that is so concentrated, you know, it's so focused on, on my experience, but when I widen the lens and I, and I sense, I feel in my, my body and in myself through practice, you know, my interconnection with the rest of life, with the, with the web of life, I start to feel bigger. I start to feel more spacious. And all of a sudden those tiny little concerns, you know, those shames, those, those things that, you know, I might feel so badly about myself that make my, make me so unlovable to myself. Sometimes it's like they diffuse, they, they, they go into this pool of something much, much bigger and they just matter less, you know, in, in a certain sense. And that feels so important because there's such a crippling impact to experiencing shame and and dislike of ourselves and it's so common like it's so widespread that we walk around you know feeling small and constricted around these aspects of ourselves that we don't like and it causes so much suffering you know like there's the pain of whatever experience we've had but then there's the suffering of like continuing to to dwell on it and to punish ourselves for it. Um, And then to project that onto other people in all of these wide range, creatively wide range of ways that we project our shame and dislike onto other people. Um, That it's such a simple remedy to that, to practice this sensation of being bigger and more spacious and more connected than we often experience ourselves to be, making more room for, for, for love, for self-regard, for positive self-regard. And, you know, there's so many different ways of getting to that sensation. Um, and one of them is by, um, you know, really expressing generosity and gratitude to other people, you know? So again, that connection to gratitude, that connection to releasing our attachment, to being afraid, to being angry, um, again, that connection between the precepts, the way they work together to bring us to this state of interconnection, of non-duality and of ultimately love. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, you know, that idea that we, are, um, well, uh, just the word hito, like we were saying, you know, meaning others as much as self brings us immediately to that sense of compassion and love because, and also if if we are just that one share of everything then we all are sharing this the same things and you know so we as you say when we when we 
focus first on ourselves and and feel that give ourselves love yeah and feel that love for ourselves that immediately is shared out and shared around and we're also sharing all the pain and the shame and the, you know so it's it's us understanding others simply by being more aware of who we are yeah yeah i'm curious bromwin like for somebody who has a hard time expressing love and compassion for themselves you know that person for whom that precept is so hard yeah um, maybe finds it easy to to you know express care and concern for others but really struggles to apply that to their own self that's just as in so much shame and self-judgment as a way of being as a normal way of being you know jumping full on into you know i love myself i'm compassionate for myself and others yeah. can be a big leap right yeah. so i'm curious how you would suggest people start if they're in that mm. space you know i would use a different part of the system of reiki and uh Often, you know, people will come, for example, to me and say, oh, you know, I've studied Reiki a long time ago. I'd like to get back in it. You know, I've been having problems or whatever, and I'd like to see it working for me, but I can't, you know, I, I think for people, you know, if, if you're not really um, practicing a lot or whatever, and maybe you're in pain and you don't know how to get out of that, and, you know, it can be really overwhelming to say, oh, um, you know, I'm going to do this practice and this practice and this practice, right? But, uh, you know, I well, obviously I would suggest to um, keep the precepts in your mind just as a really, just to, you know, just to keep them there, just to keep them there. And even though you may not, you know, we don't all, we, we, we try, but, you know, we're not perfect. So we're not uh, getting that, uh, you know, we're not, we're not necessarily um always enacting them but they're there in our heads in our mind and uh, so having them in your mind but I, I I do think that that very simple act of um, hands-on healing is a beautiful way to feel uh, connected to yourself you know we, we lose that connection and I think physicality is really important for that so um that can really if we start it's sort of like the fundamental thing isn't it it's like when we do any of our practices we work with the hara you know and 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 it is a number of things you know it's original energy it's but it's also that earthing that physicality that first stop that first place because we we live in this incredibly physical world and uh, so taking that physicality, you know, once again, you know, I could say I could be sort of strict and I could say, you know, you have to do it this way and you should do all of this and you need to sit like this and you need to do that. And But you know what? You can also, when you wake up in the morning before you open your eyes, you can just put your hands on yourself wherever you want, you know, maybe on your head or on your heart, um, you know, what, whatever feels good. And that is, <coughs> excuse me, that is a show of love. You know, we are the first thing that you do in the morning is love yourself. Mm -hmm. Show 
care and attention and affection and kindness to yourself. Yeah. yeah. So doing that, even before you open your eyes and you just sit there for a couple of minutes and just relax, but consciously doing something loving for yourself, I think is just, it, it really allows you then to get up and be in the day express love for others it gives you the opportunity to be able to be more open with others because you feel that love the love is there it's it's at the top of everything instead of that voice uh, that's there telling you all this horrible stuff you know you're bringing something else into the mix and you're allowing that to actually uh to 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 be you yeah mm. I, I love that. And I love the emphasis on the physical body, you know, because, you know, those stories and that, that, that shame and that negative self-talk that exists in the mind, right? Yeah. That's, that's the chatter up here. Right. And, and the system of Reiki is helping us to train our minds to, to really, to, to not to hold on to whatever it is, whatever the thoughts are, but not, especially yeah. not those types of things, not to grip on and to integrate that mind with the body using the, the focus on the breath to help get us out of that cycle. Yeah. And so one of the things that I often do with folks, um, is, you know, through a series of practices, um, help people to identify how those thoughts and how those sensations that they might, you know, I'm angry at myself or I'm, I'm ashamed how they feel that in the body, right? Like, where do you feel that? Sometimes it's a clenching gut or it's a fluttery heart, or it's like fidgeting hands, or it's a, it's a pain in the back that won't go away. You know, how are you feeling that in your body? And then once we've identified that, um, you know, to go into the Josh and Kokyoho practice, you know, with some Tenohiro, with some hands-on practice and place our hand in that, in that place where we're experiencing that feeling of, of, you know, non-compassion, whatever, however it is that person has identified it, they're, they're going to identify it different ways. Um, and just spend a little bit of time, you know, just focusing the attention on the hara as we inhale. And as we exhale, just drawing our attention to that place and to cycle back and forth from this spacious grounded rooted place, this mm. home of our true self to the place where we're experiencing that negativity, that, that difficulty, um, just real gently without trying to force anything to happen without expecting it to be different, but just, as you say, just a moment of loving yourself with with specific attention on where are the places where my body is holding that dislike, right? <laughs> However that shows up. Um, yeah. So that's often a way that I kind of work with people in a more gentle way around a resistance mm-hmm. to just going yeah. fully into just for today. I'm compassionate to myself. And you know, the other thing you mentioned, which, you know, is fundamental is breath. And for me, that is just mean it's so meaningful. And bringing our consciousness to our breath throughout our day. Not not having to force anything, not do anything, but just bring your consciousness to your breath. What is your breath doing? You know, so is it sitting up here? Is it, you know, like doing all different sorts of things, but can you, can you just bring it down a little lower? Can you bring it a little deeper? Can you just sit into the breath just naturally and bringing that back and back and back and back is by bringing it down, for example, into the hara, you're also bringing the mind down into the hara. 
with the focus, you know. So it's getting out of the head, getting getting away from all of that and, and just allowing yourself to ground yourself simply by focusing on the breath, nothing more. So quite, you know, quite an easy practice as well to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's one of the things that's so magical about this practice is that, you know, the practices are easy, right? They're, they're simple. They're mm-hmm. simple. They're not necessarily easy to fully integrate. They're not necessarily easy to remember to do all the time. They're not necessarily easy to, you know, commit to yeah. um, because we're so distracted in our life, but they're simple, they're accessible. And yep. when we do commit to them and we do work with them consistently over time, it's profound, the changes that we experience. And, you know, and then if we lapse on them, right, we don't do them for all, you know, I have so, so many experiences where a student will come back after a period away and, and feel guilty about being away, you know, about lapsing in their practice. And it's like, but it's still here. It hasn't gone anywhere. You know, (laughs) it's your practice and your, your light and your Hara and your true self and your connection to all of life has not gone anywhere, you know? And so like, let's, let go of that guilt because it doesn't matter, you know, just for today, you choose to be in practice and that's what matters. Yeah. Um, and we can get so caught up in that, in that guilt and that shame, and it prevents us from engaging, right. When we feel like, Oh, I've been away for too long. It actually prevents us from, from moving closer oftentimes. Um, and so, yeah, working with guilt and shame can be such a powerful, place to begin or maybe even a place to end up that's a remedy to that inability to be compassionate for ourselves yeah 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 it's interesting I was talking to a friend a little while ago about um you know the funny things that we do as I was just thinking about what you're talking about you know the funny things that we do as people because of you know maybe we've come from you know dysfunctional backgrounds I think most people have come from some sort of dysfunctional background but you know uh and how sometimes we react in ways we do things that you know other people think why do they do that or why didn't they do that or you know and you yeah. and you feel that and then then you have the guilt and the shame and you think oh i should have done that but then you're feeling that so you can't do that and you know we we have this whole cycle of pain that we put ourselves through and uh you know, I think just just the awareness of that helps us to be so, once again, you know, awareness of ourselves helps us to be so more compassionate to others because we can see other people going through that, you know, yeah. other people messing up, other people doing not doing something or doing something that, you know, is is weird and and, and seems out of place or, but, you know, we, we too have that, but, we, we need to just recognize it, you know, in ourselves and feel compassion for that. As you said, put the spaciousness around it, allow it to be. And then, you know, we, we can really understand others so much more and allow that compassion um, that we have then for ourselves to, to really just um, flow from us. Yeah, yeah. And, and flowing from us, you know, in a particular way that's about as you said really seeing each other um and not in a way that is permissive or like you know that there's a weakness to it you know i've i've it's easy to extend compassion to people we like 
it's easy to extend compassion to people who are like us or who we have sympathy for. Um, it becomes harder to extend compassion to people we don't like, people who feel really different from us, people who are perhaps even hurting us or hurting people that we love or doing really awful things. And yet this practice asks us, you know, gently over time at the degree that we can on any given day to expand that compassion outward from our own self into all aspects of life, which means even those people who are hurting us and doing awful things. And, you know, there's, there's some pieces to that that are important, you know, firstly to go at our own pace, right. To not try to, um, connect with somebody where it feels dangerous or it feels off or anything like that. But to understand, first of all, that feeling compassion for somebody does not mean excusing bad behavior, right? It does not mean saying, well, I have compassion for you. So it's okay that you're hurting people. Not at all. Right. But it's meeting that person at the level of true self, like at their core, at their true self, they are whole and they are just as much a part of the web of life as we are. And they're just as brilliant as we are. And through whatever circumstances of their life, they're making choices that are causing harm. We've made choices that have caused harm at various points in our life, almost invariably. And so can we meet people at the level of true self, at the level of the Hara, at the level of, you know, fundamentally, we are whole, healed, complete beings that are the same and that are connected and that are part of this larger web. And from that, can we look at behavior? Can we look at consequences of that behavior? Can we look at the ways in which we make mistakes and others make mistakes? Can we hold all of that inside of a container of compassion? And then from that place, it becomes so much easier to make different choices, right? Because it, it becomes so much harder to change a harmful behavior if we're doing that from a place of self-hatred or hatred of other people. But if we're doing that from a place of like, fundamentally, I am a good person and I love myself. Fundamentally, these people, you know, are lovable and are, are good, you know, at their center, no matter the layers of behavior, um, change can flow from that place much more easily. Yeah. And so, you know, there's this like kind of radical nature to truly following just for today and compassionate to myself and others out to the full extent of it is of what that means and you know so many spiritual leaders from various traditions talk about this i mean um you know the dalai lama and archbishop desmond tutu in particular in the book of joy and in other writings that they've done together you know talk about this principle of loving people to the point where we can change you know really despicable behavior Mm. um and and the and the way in which we'll never get people to change by hating them like ever Mm. right we can we we can only do that through compassion but it has to be a compassion that's fortified we have to be fortified in order to truly extend love and non-judgment while at the same time naming things that are harmful right and so it's it's a space of non-duality that really can change the world when we can hold people in love and ask them to change at the same time. Yeah. Like it's, it's yeah. Like I it's like that. that uh, yeah. Yeah. It's um, you know, it relates again to that idea that, you know, we, um, this is the self is one share, you know, that we are all in it together and that there is at some point 
And I, I liked how you said that, but there is some point of commonality. So, you know, saying that where is that commonality and how deeply can we go to find it? And sometimes we have to go really deep to, to remember that commonality because there's not much else there that might actually um, be something that we can acknowledge as, as something that we like or can connect with or whatever, you know. So, and, and finding at that really deep level that commonality is going to make the world of difference to how we, uh, how we feel about someone else. And, uh, and when we change how we feel about someone else, they feel that, they know that, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've probably said it before when we, were, when we were talking about the Dalai Lama, but I love that uh, thing that the Dalai Lama says that, um, you know, we've all been each other's mother at some point, right, mm. through reincarnation. So we've all been each other's mother and, that you know, that thing that we've all given birth to each other at some point, we've all loved unconditionally each other at some point. And uh, the idea of that is uh, enormous and, uh, and once again is a way of finding some, some deeper form of commonality that, that we know that we can, we can love and just be love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like some of the most powerful moments in our shared kind of collective history have come from the blending of love and accountability. You know, like I think about the truth and reconciliation commission in South Africa, following apartheid where there was like very serious truth telling and, and naming of atrocities and horrible things that had been done, you know, person to person and, and holding to account those behaviors and doing that inside of a container of love, inside of a container of, of unity of like, we're not going to break this country up. You know, we're going to find a way to, to love ourselves and each other into some form of wholeness after some really horrible things. And, you know, the, the experts in uh, national and international relations at the time said it wasn't possible. Mm. It wasn't going to be possible for South Africa to remain a unified nation, to go through a process of actually holding accountability for what had been done. And at the same time, not descending into violence. And yet it happened. Right. And, and the leadership of, of, you know, spiritual leaders who really held this non-dualistic view of love and accountability that they both can and must occur in the same space facilitated a miracle, a miraculous experience across a nation. And that's duplicatable, right? It can happen inside of a single person, you know, holding love and accountability for myself at the same time. It can happen interpersonally between people and it can happen on larger scales. And, you know, these are like without striving and efforting for things kind of beyond our, our personal capacity. These are the things that are possible when we settle into a practice, take on integrative practice that centers compassion as its purpose, you know, at the foundation of the practice, which is what Reiki offers us. So it's, you know, it's exciting to me to think about that, right? That like in our, in our personal way of working with this material that that the ripples of that outward really do impact each other in, in important ways. Mm. 
Yeah, if we feel that uh, intimacy with others, which is an open-heartedness in reality, yeah. So that if we if we allow that open-heartedness with others, then we are existing in a space of oneness. Yeah. Because we invite everybody in mm -hmm. to share that oneness. Mm. I think we might finish up with that. Yeah, that feels like the perfect place to rest, right? The perfect <laughs> place to invite those of you who are listening to, to share with us your experiences with compassion for yourself, for others. You know, are there places where you struggle with that? Are there, are there revelations that you've had when you paid attention to what it means to, to be in compassion? Are there questions that you have? Is there support that you need? around working with these concepts. We'd love to hear from you uh, either by messaging us, by sharing down in the comments. And I'm sure there are people in your life who would benefit from spending a little bit of time focusing their attention on the idea of compassion. Just for today, I'm compassionate to myself and to others and all that that can mean. So I invite you to share this podcast with them as a way of expanding this message and expanding what's possible when we focus our attention on this concept. Thank you very much, Michaela. And um, I'm just going to say goodbye, good night, good morning, good day, wherever we are. And uh, enjoy that openness, that spaciousness, that love. Challenge yourself and uh, see if you can feel that in places that might be a little uncomfortable for you. And I'm going to try doing that, OK? Too. All right. We will see All you right. next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye.